0: As we prepare, prepare messages and sermons and stuff, um, I have to try to get certain stuff in by the time it goes to print, and sometimes things change after that. And so uh, the bulletin is, the sermon message is entitled "In the, in the Image of God." My message changed a little bit to uh, the progression of love, um, but I want to touch base on this image of God first. If you look on the front of the bulletin, the a verse there is from Genesis, and it says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him male and female. He created them. Many times, uh, because God is our Father, to so give us that Father connection. So many times we only think of God with the female attributes. And yet, the Scripture right here says that we are created in His own image, male and female. In other words, we couldn't put God couldn't put all the attributes into just one figure. His attributes are on display as well in both male and female. And uh, sometimes if we have a limited perspective, we see God as our king, and he is. We see God as our defender, and he is. We see God as our leader, as our father, and he is. We see God as our healer, and he is. And yet sometimes there's, there's certain attributes that God p- possessed in, in greater ways and in different ways, in different ways, in, uh, in women. And so one of the greatest things that uh, is very pronounced, and again, it's not that it's missing in man, but it's, it's certainly reflected through women, is love and understanding, and especially unconditional love. I say that because as we you saw what we did with the song up here, and whether you're shaking your heads or whether you're just kind of at relaxed, it's kind of what moms do, isn't it? They kind of watch you mess up, again, and again, and again, and kind of like the Bible says, like Mary just didn't understand it, but she just pondered all these things in her heart. And so moms have the God-given ability. To love their children even when they stray, even when they err. It's always God designed mothers to have an open arms, to welcome their children, to understand them, even when we don't understand ourselves. So as we move on today's message, the progression of love, I want us to understand that love is one of the greatest qualities that God has exemplified through the lives Of women and mothers today. The progression of love. Why is it that so many people have such a hard time understanding love? Why do so many people fail in their attempts to love others? Why do so many people fall short in understanding how God Himself loves us? Well, instead of debating the topic, we need to only go to one source the Word of God. Begin in John chapter 15, starting at verse 9. It says, As the Father loved me, this is Jesus speaking, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Here we see three short statements. Not to be understood separate of one another, but completely dependent upon one another. If we are going to abide in His love, which means to live there, to live in His love, not just hope it's there or tap into it at times we need it. Abide means to stay there, to plant down your tent stakes, to live in it, to depend on it, to commit to it, to apply it. Then we must understand it. First, we need to understand how the Father loved Jesus. There's a progression. You see, we get the greatest understanding of love by examining how God loved Jesus To the words of the Bible. Unfortunately, we usually spend the bulk of our time talking and studying about how Jesus loves us. And rightly so. But do we really understand to step back a minute and see how God loved Jesus when He walked this earth? God knew that Jesus would go through horrible pain and suffering, and trials that surpass all comprehension. Now you could probably imagine just a a, a glimmer of that when you see your children go through horrible trials and difficult struggles. And even when you know they're going to do that, you can't do anything else except to pray for them. Imagine what God knew before Jesus came to this earth. And yet He still... Allowed it to happen to accomplish His will. You see, God also knew what lay beyond the cross. And He knew what lay beyond the cross would far outweigh any hurt that it took to get there. So what did God do? He filled up Jesus with His Word. He filled up Jesus with His strength, with His encouragement, with His love with His assurance that He would persevere even when He was tempted to quit. It was God's love that propelled Jesus to finish the work that was set before Him. Too many times we think that Jesus must have had superhuman determination or superhuman courage or superhuman willpower But we too often overlook that Jesus had supernatural love. The love of His heavenly Father infused through His mind and His spirit and His soul. As parents ourselves, Nancy and I I have recently begun to send our own kids out into the world. Some of you know that our daughter is getting married uh, in a month. Um, which on top of everything else has just been a lot of work, and so we appreciate your prayers for us. Um, but I, you know many of you have already sent your kids out into the world. We are sending our kids out in the world knowing what lays it for them, knowing that right now is a real difficult time to live. Knowing full well the dangers and the challenges that lie ahead. And so we have to look to God, our Father, to be able to love our children enough to let them go. Knowing that what lays beyond this life is far greater than anything the world can attempt to offer. We have to know that the greatest way that we can show them our love is to fill them with God's Word. With His strength. With His encouragement. With His love. With His promises. With His purpose if God's love was able to cause Jesus to endure the cross and enable Him to secure the greatest victory this world has ever known, then His love is more than enough for our children, our grandchildren, and each of us, no matter what life may throw at us. We must choose to abide in Him and never leave Him. We will be tossed to and fro by life's Events similar to the way that Jesus was tossed in the boat with his disciples. But if we rest in God's assurances, his blessed assurance, we will always be in God and therefore we will be able to remain at peace. Take a look. Gospel of Mark chapter 4 verse 37. Remember this event. And a, great, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. This is when Jesus was with his disciples crossing the lake during a storm. Verse thirty-eight. But Jesus was in the stern, asleep, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, "Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?" You ever feel like that? God, don't you realize what's going on? I'm struggling. My finances are hit. This is going over here. I can't balance this over here. God, aren't you paying attention to me? God, where are you? He's right there. Just like he was in the boat, asleep on the pillow. Verse 39. Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So here's the million dollar question. Was Jesus only talking to the sea? Or was He talking to His disciples as well? To the sea of emotions in their hearts and their minds. you ever considered that? I believe He was speaking to whatever and to whomever was willing to listen. The same that He speaks now to whomever is willing to listen. We can find safety and security by staying in the boat and keeping our peace by allowing God to handle the storms around us. Our peace is the evidence that we are trusting in God. To abide in God's love is to stay in Him and keep trusting Him during life's struggles. And there are a lot of struggles in life. Amen? However, too often, people leave their faith and they leave God during a storm. Now, I don't know about you, but when it starts really storming and thunder and lightning, it's not the time I go out and leave the security of my house. If you wouldn't jump out of a boat into the seas during a storm, then why would you leave God during a trial? And yet, many people do. In the boat of God's love and protection is the safest place to be during life's storm. Popular singer and songwriter Scott Trapane had a song a few years back called Sometimes He Calms the Storm and Other Times He Calms His Child. We need to trust God enough to know that He will either calm the storm around us Or He will give us strength to survive the storm as we continue to place our trust in Him and abide in His love. Either way, we place our trust in Him to take care of us. Sometimes He simply wants us to stand on the authority of the Word and rebuke the storms around us. Knowing His voice helps us to discern what to do, when to speak up, when to stay silent. And yet there are many other times because of a lack of discernment on our part. Because of a lack of knowing God's Word. An unfamiliarity of knowing God's voice or God's promptings to our spirit. We choose to stay in the storm by our own ignorance. Many people stay in the storms of life. Struggling with the concept of receiving God's love because they first consider how their earthly family and how their earthly friends have attempted to love them. This is a storm that none of us has to remain in or continue to be conflicted if we truly know the Word of God and are willing to ask God to show us the truth. Jesus' instructions for us today are clear we must first see how the Father loved Him. John 15, verse 10. Jesus continues, If you keep My commandments, He's speaking to His disciples, those who would listen, those who are willing to listen. If you keep My commandments, you will abide in My love, just as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. You see, Jesus gives us further direction on how to stay in His love. We must live according to the ways that He has taught us to live. Does it mean we're not going to make mistakes? No. We make mistakes all the time. That's why God gives us His grace to bring us back on path if we're willing to submit to Him. If you only see His commandments as things that you have to do to be righteous or to be accepted by God, you not only miss the whole picture, you will never be able to fully receive the perfect love that He desires to give you. On the other hand, if you first understand that God's purpose for giving us instruction is because He loves us and wants to keep us on the right path, that He protects us and draws us close to Him, then you are ready and willing to be loved and ready to love God and others. Through His Word, we come to understand how to allow the Spirit of God to help us receive and fully appreciate His love so that we in turn can give it to others. Why is there so many people that are not giving love to others? It's because they haven't fully received God's love. But in order to do that, we need the Holy Spirit that helps break it down for us that attaches heavenly things to earthly things so that we can understand. The Holy Spirit allows us to process that to fully receive God's love so now we can give it out away to others. People that have not trusted Jesus Christ, that have not received the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in their lives, have a hard time receiving God's love completely as it has been intended. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, these are. this is the evidence that the Spirit is working. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, or as this version says, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The first fruit mentioned here is love. Does anyone know what God has taught us to do? What we are supposed to do with our first fruits? Let me remind you, it's in the book of Exodus. Chapter 23, verse 19. It says, The first of the first fruits of the land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Not give Him what's left over. It's like our tithes. Our tithes and offerings. We trust God with the 10% or whatever you're Whatever you are willing to give, you trust God with the beginning, knowing that He will take care of the rest. That's how this church has stayed strong. We've given God our first fruits and said, God, I'm going to trust you that you're going to multiply what I need above and beyond as I give you my first fruits. But here we see it with love. Love is the first fruits that we need to give our love first to God, not give Him what's left over. When we give God our complete love, He in turn blesses us with other fruit, beginning with joy. The Bible says it's not up here, but the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Not someone who says, I have to do this, or I have to give this, or I'm given out of obligation. But when you're given out of love, it's a natural progression. Isaiah 12 verse 3 says, Therefore with joy... You will draw water from the wells of salvation. After we receive the gift of love through salvation, we continue drawing living water from God with joy. People are not here because you have to be in church. People are here because they want to experience the presence of God. They want to grow in God. They want God to speak something directly to them. We enjoy one another's fellowship. That's why we're here. With joy we draw water from the wells of salvation. A born-again Christian has staying power in his or her faith because of the love received and the joy manifested knowing that God has forgiven us and redeemed us for His glory. Now, I don't know all your backstories. I know some of them. But I know that I was messed up. Sinner following after the world, incomplete, on the wrong path. God miraculously loved me enough to turn my life around, to forgive me. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. I still mess up. We all do. But God loved each and every one of us to put us back on the right path and to start to redeem us and use us for His glory. Amen? Amen. That's the joy we have. It's not this manufactured happiness that some people try to put together. It's a deep level spirit-filled joy because we know that God has redeemed us. Spirit-filled joy cannot be manufactured by us apart from God. Many people try, but you can tell. John 15:11. Jesus continues, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Without God, joy, like all other fruit, is temporary and can even be a turn-off and annoying if it is faked or if it is drawn from an impure source. But the joy of the Lord is eternal. In fact, His joy spreads and it is contagious and it builds momentum the more we share it. It is full in every sense of the word. Psalm 1611, maybe you hear me quote this verse often when I pray. You will show me the path of life. In Your presence is fullness of joy. At Your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, his gift of joy is another reminder to us to trust him. We have to trust him in order to stay in the boat and to stay in his love. John 15:12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. The only way that we can love one another is to first understand how God the Father loved his son Jesus. To progress with this thought, we need to understand that love is more than just words. It's not just something sold on a Hallmark card. Love is action. John 15, 13, what is that action? Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. We discover how Jesus loves us by what He was willing to do to do for us. Remember, He wasn't killed. His life wasn't taken away from Him. He freely gave His life so that He could pick it back up again and give it to us. If we can't look to the cross and see love, His love perfected, then we are focusing on the wrong thing. It was His love for us that propelled Jesus to the cross and through the cross. There is no greater love than this. John 15 verse 14 You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. We must follow the progression. God to Jesus. Jesus to us. And us to others. We are not to look to how others have attempted to love us because it is an imperfect example. So many people in this life, including us at times, have such a hard time receiving God's perfect love. Because we look at how a family member or another person attempted to love us and failed. Our love filter gets all mixed up. We try to understand love by comparing it to this Earthly failed love. And so we struggle with receiving and then giving God's love to others. Some people struggle their whole life and are never able to receive love and to receive Jesus the way that He intended to give love and to give Himself. Like a prisoner on one side of the glass during visiting hours, The visitor so much wants to wrap their arms around a loved one, but the glass divider prevents that from occurring. You see, because of the way that many people have chosen to use their own definitions to define love and to view love, they have allowed life's unfair circumstances to imprison them by building this divider that keeps them from God's loving embrace. Imagine that. God wants to reach out to you and wrap His arms around you and fully love you unconditionally, no matter what you've done. But because of hurts and experiences and when we've been let down and our perception of others, we keep that glass divider there. And we don't even allow God to reach out and fully love us like He intends us tends to. The problem is not that someone else let us down. We all are imperfect. The problem is that we have not listened to the instruction of Jesus. We are not only to look at what Jesus did for us, we are to first look at how the Father loved Jesus. When we change our focus, we change our perspective, and we change our future. John 15, verse 15. Jesus continues, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Here's the progression again. We can know love because we understand how God loved Jesus. And because Jesus was willing to follow His Father's will and give His life for us, we can see how Jesus loves us. John 15, 16. You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. You think you're here because you felt like coming to church today? You might think that, but you're here because God appointed you for you to be here at this time. Your spirit responded to that even if your mind didn't know it. You think that you're in the family of God because it just made sense to you to follow Jesus? No. God chose you and He appointed you and you are willing to receive that invitation and open it up and follow what it says. God chose us and brought us into our family and He's choosing many other people, but because of that divider there, they're not opening the invitation. That's why He uses us now to go and share those invitations all over this world. So not to try to understand God about a doctrine, but to understand God about His love that reaches into the highways and byways and picks people up and loves them first and then begins to change them and redeem them for His purpose. That is God's plan. You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask in the Father, in My name, He may give you. You see, it continues to be about this progression of love. The order that God created. Now, understand this. This is not done to create a dictatorship, but rather a creatorship where the One who created love, the One who first loved us, is showing us how to understand love by following His example. 1 John 4.19 We love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. It is only by understanding His example that we can receive His love and extend it to others as well. This is how love becomes intentional instead of conditional. We love God because He loved us. Now we are called and ordained and anointed and appointed to share that love with others in the same way that God loves us. Are you ready to obey? Heavenly Father, I pray that You would quicken these words to our heart. I pray that You would bring conviction in us where we have been off. If we have not fully trusted You, if we've kept that divider up for whatever reason, this is not a day of condemnation. This is a day of freedom and victory. So if these words have stirred something in any of us, we come before You right now, God, not announcing on a microphone, but a heart-to-heart with You. We ask You to forgive us We have missed the mark. We have sinned. We have fallen short of Your glory. We thank You that You sent Your Son Jesus to us. To this world, but also to us individually. By taking the punishment for our sins. By dying for us. And upon receiving that sacrifice, appropriating it to our lives, we stand in the truth of Your Word that You have forgiven us. For Jesus not only died for our sins, but He rose from the dead. We receive that new life right now in Jesus' name. We thank You for forgiveness. We thank You for grace. We thank You for love. But we don't stop there. Redeem us and use us to share Your love with this world. Continue to bless this church as we put our faith and trust in You. In Jesus' name, Amen.